Welcome back, y'all, to Summer's Vibes Podcast. And I'm your host, Summer. But you already knew that. Last season, we focused on several different topics from a millennial point of view. In this new season of my life and where we are as a country and a nation, we're going to continue that conversation, focusing on politics, spiritual well-being, and our society as a whole. Make sure you subscribe to Summer's Vibes Podcast and follow me on Instagram at marysummer underscore underscore to stay informed. This is a season you don't want to miss. I thought this topic was pretty interesting because when we watch the news and we see everything that has kind of evolved over the past four and a half years, there's a lot that has changed. And so this topic was actually one of my favorites because y'all know, like, I love like politics and government and current events and all that. So today I want to talk about the extreme left and the extreme right and how has politics, the government, how has all of that changed over the past four and a half years? You know, you had traditional Democrats where they promote social programs, racial equity, climate change, criminal justice reform, abortion rights, etc. But now we have this kind of extreme left, which they also call progressives, that thinks everything should be equal, including healthcare. Now I have my own thoughts about healthcare. Do I think that everyone should have accessibility to healthcare? Absolutely. But I shouldn't be required to choose a healthcare plan that I don't want, this universal healthcare plan. If someone has the funds to pay for private insurance, then they should have that option. You know, they also talk about defunding the police, taking away police funds because sometimes the police has too much power in their hand or they have too much artillery in, I mean, too much weapons in their artillery and the way that they treat people of color is extremely biased, which is understandable. But should we defund the police? Because who do we call when we're in trouble? The police. So, and then immigration. The other thing is immigration. You know, the U.S., I know we're involved in foreign policy. The U.S. um, is working its way to be the strongest, um, you know, nation out there, the most powerful nation out there. So foreign policy is obviously huge for us. But, you know... Every time there is some kind of foreign issue, the U.S. is always involved somehow, some way, and the U.S. should always allow people from other countries to come in. Should that be allowed? Should we allow anyone to come in because the conditions in their country isn't that great, so let's bring them to America? Should we allow that? Should we have to conform our learning, our thinking, the way that we do things to fit the needs of someone else that's from a different country? Just a question. And then it expects the government to save everyone every time that there is a crisis, foreign or domestic. The U- like I said, the U.S. is just always involved 
in that process. You always have members of Congress or people in the Senate that's like, why isn't the U.S. helping? Why is the U.S. just letting these people out here? Why? My question is, why isn't their own government helping them? And there might be some parameters around there, but do you all have questions about that? I do. And then welfare or government assistance, I should say. It seems like everyone, or it's very easy to get on welfare. Texas is actually rated number one for the amount of people who are on welfare, which is actually kind of interesting because our governor is a Republican and he would be against welfare, yet his state is ranked number one for the amount of people that are on welfare. But what are we putting in place to make sure that we get people off of welfare, especially, you know, women who have children? Are we making it too easy for them to get on welfare and stay on welfare? Are we putting programs in place to make sure that they can get off of it? Are we raising minimum wages? Are we having affordable child care? So those are the things that, you know, extreme left. And then you have our conservatives. You know, traditionally, what is a conservative? They believe in having lower taxes, free market capitalism, restrictions on immigration. They believe in gun rights, restrictions on abortion, um, and also deregulation. But now we have what we would call this extreme right where we have this extreme deregulation that can lead to other issues, as we saw with the snowstorm, whatever you wanna call it, that happened in Texas last year, how Texas was on its own power grid, which led to several rolling blackouts that left hundreds, thousands, of tens of thousands of people without running water or power for over a week, some two weeks. And then we have the extreme right that believes in having the highest military and police spending when funds could be used towards other programs. It's great that our military is on par because, you know, we need to protect our country. No doubt about it. But are we able to divert just a little bit of those funds towards other things? How about investing in underprivileged communities? How about research for incurable diseases? How about getting people off of welfare? Those types of things. And then immigration. They don't want to let anyone in, but yet... They attack immigrants for who they are, and most of the time they get away with it. We saw what happened at the border with children being separated from the from their parents, being put in detention centers, and the deplorable conditions that were that they were in, and how they treat immigrants. Um, and then you know they're racially insensitive. They believe that there's no such thing as systemic racism, systematic racism. They don't believe in unconscious bias. They believe that racism doesn't exist, that this country 
was not built on racism or that it's not a part of its foundation, which is actually very hard to believe considering that there was slavery of black people, indigenous people, Native Americans. So I think that that's very interesting. And the fact that it is statistically proven that black women make 83 cent to every white man's dollar. So if racism didn't exist or there wasn't this kind of unconscious bias, then why don't people of color make the same amount of money as their white counterparts? So there you go. Extreme left, extreme right, traditional Democrat, um, Republican. So how has Donald Trump changed politics? You know, between Republican and Democrat. Donald Trump brought out a lot in America. Good, bad, whatever you want to call it. But he brought out a very ugly side of America, a side that we knew that always existed, but it was kind of always kept under wraps, kind of, you know? But we saw a lot of it through racism and like Charleston and George Floyd died, the Proud Boys, the insurrection, just really ugly behavior. And my thing is, being a leader consists of so much more than you driving and delivering results. In my opinion, being a leader involves compassion and involves you being humble. It involves you being caring, understanding, um, but also being accountable, having integrity. So while you can deliver results, if you don't have these other attributes about yourself, a lot of times people will overlook your driving results. And um, I think that's kind of what happened with Donald Trump. But what it also did on the flip side was it helped a lot of people find their voice. And a lot of people understand more and more the things that were so... um, cemented, things that were not brought into light, things that were kept under wraps, things that were in the dark, it brought a lot of that out. And it made a lot of people aware of what we never saw. What I saw with Donald Trump as well, with him being in office, is now we live in this world where everybody wants to block everything. We have no bipartisanships, bipartisanship. And statistically, what we're seeing is, yes, people are finding their voice. More and more people are becoming independent. They don't identify as Republican or Democrat, moderate. No, I believe in what I believe in because this is my set of values. This is what I identify as. And because we've been in this extreme left, extreme right, people don't do that. People are saying, nope, I'm not going to be a part of that because I don't have this extreme view of this, you know, 
this is what I believe in. And so you're just seeing more people become independent of that, uh, more independent than Republican or Democrat, which I think that it's great because what, what being an extreme left or extreme right has left zero, zero gray space to be a moderate. It almost doesn't exist. Even the moderates that are in Congress, they play hardball, Manchin, I mean, he I mean, he really plays hardball. I can't think of the other woman's name, um, but they really play hardball. And the effects that it has is they can't get anything passed. They can't agree on anything because if it's not their way, then there's no way it's going to happen. Here's the other thing. Media. Media TV has also shaped the way we view politics and the government with incorrect headlines, blowing every single comment and statement up, misinformation. I started to realize more and more how much headlines are super misinformed and because we live in a generation where when we see that big headline, that's all we see. We don't really read the rest of the text. Here's a prime example. 1,400, yeah, 1,468 people died um, of, of COVID in uh, Los Angeles County. And they were all vaccinated. What they don't tell you is how many people live in L.A. County and how extremely rare that might be and how that's probably like 0.0001%. But the fact is 1,468 people died in L.A. County. That is so many people. But then yet they'll get back on the air and they'll say, well, that's not a lot of people. Right. So if it's not a lot of people, but your headline says that it's a lot of people, then it really doesn't matter when you get on air and you try to spin that in a way where that's not a lot of people. You know. So maybe I shouldn't have said died. Maybe I should have said contracted COVID. There you go. Maybe 1,468 people contracted COVID out of the million, the tens of millions of people that live in L.A. County. Just it, 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 it's insane. So that's how I believe that media has kind of shaped the way that we view politics and the government. The government's out to get you. The government wants to put these restraints on you because of what the media has spewed out there. And it can be extremely toxic, but it's also very important for you to know what's going on in your city, in your state, and in your country as well. So but it's also important for you to do your own research. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse that we have the Internet to actually guide us. But also the Internet can you can look up anything. If you believe that if you have 10 cups of coffee a day, that your life span is going to increase by 20 years. There's somewhere on the Internet where you can find that to support that information, knowing that that's extremely false information. <laughs> so. With that being said, the impact of all of this that has on our generation, future generations to come is this extreme left, extreme right, the media presence, everything that has just compiled over the past four and a half years 
it leaves us in a space where we almost don't know right from wrong, where we're getting so much information and worse, and people are saying, if you don't do this, then I'm just not going to support you. I'm going to cancel you because you don't agree with my policies or you don't agree with my opinion. And it really creates this division that's always been there that we've never seen, but just has been more prevalent over the last few years. And, you know, how that's going to impact our generation and generations to come is going to be something um, pretty significant. You have old people in politics. The average age of the Senate is like 65, 66, maybe 67. But you have these older people that are old white men trying to push agendas that don't fit the times anymore. And then you have extremely young people who only represent a fraction of society but is trying to push an agenda that is too extreme for some people, for some voters. And there's no middle ground. There's no negotiation at all. So that's going to lead into some other, another episode of what is voting going to look like in 2022, you know? We've seen so much division. We've seen so much hatred. We've seen so much violence. Where, so where does that leave us going into 2022, presidential election in 2024? What is, where does that leave us as a society? How do you feel? Do you all feel that we should be extreme left or extreme right? Should we be somewhere in the middle? Or should we have our own opinions and views in do we really have to identify as one or the other? Let me know my messages, DMs on Instagram, Mary Summer underscore underscore. Peace. <laughs>